0: Tune in as we continue to update our podcast with informative talks and articles for masons worldwide and those who would like to inquire within. Following is the master's article from the October 2018 Trestle Board. Freemasonry defined: Freemasonry is a society where its members volunteer to join. A man may join the fraternity after asking to become a mason. Unlike college fraternities, or most other organizations, Freemasonry does not solicit men to become members. As a matter of fact, it is a violation of Masonic law for a member to invite anyone to join. A prospective member must truly come of his own free will and accord. Freemasonry is not a religion. Sometimes non-members claim that Freemasonry is a religion, but this usually stems from lack of knowledge. Most Freemasons do belong to an established church. Freemasonry is religious in that one cannot become a Freemason unless he believes in a god. But there is no religious test applied to the prospective member, nor is he required or asked to subscribe to any religious tenet or dogma. In the lodge, religion and politics is seldom, if ever, discussed or debated. Freemasonry is not a secret society, rather a society with secrets. A secret society is one that keeps its existence in secret and whose members do not make their affiliation known with Freemasonry is not a secret society because it does not hide its existence, and members do not hide their membership. On the contrary, the organization meets in buildings located in public, announces its meetings in newspapers and magazines, engraves the words Masonic Temple on many of its buildings, publishes periodicals, and has homes for orphans and the aged. The degrees of Freemasonry consist of ceremonies of a strictly serious nature, which teach basic moral truths in an impressive and solemn manner. When the degrees are completed, the new member is provided a ritual that contains a philosophy of right that provides the new member with something on which to build a hope that is eternal. Freemasons are proud to proclaim to the world that we are a serious organization of mature men and women, an organization that instills a love of God, teaches charity in the broadest sense, and shows each member how to live a better life. Non-Masons sometimes wonder at the close bond that exists between Masons. There's a simple explanation. Masons are bound together by the deep and abiding knowledge that each of them, during the ceremonies of the degrees, has accepted certain high ethical standards of conduct. These standards ensure a bond of faith and confidence. Thousands of books have been published on the subject of Freemasonry. Freemasonry is one of the great organizations of the world and a steadying influence in a faltering civilization. One only needs to turn on the TV or read the latest news to know that there is much discontent around the world. We cannot repair the world with one attempt, but by improving ourselves first, we can set the example that's needed to help others. We must understand our inner work to be able to assist others and soothe their misfortunes. Masons do not hold the public to such high standards of perfection, nor do Masons criticize mistakes of others as if we don't make any ourselves. To the contrary, all those intentions are what we expect from ourselves. Many look for institutions or organizations where they can improve for themselves, meet genuine people, build lifelong friendships, and find a way to enlighten their spiritual sense. Freemasonry is a fraternity that offers all those things. By inquiring with a lodge, one may ask why he hadn't inquired earlier. Fraternally yours, Eric F. Jenkins, Master. From the West. Brotherly Love and Social Media. Greetings, ladies and brethren. I turned on the TV tonight, switched over to Roku, then onto Netflix to see one of the top trending shows is a series called Inside the Freemasons. I thought I might start checking it out, and within the first few minutes they mentioned brotherly love, relief, and truth as the three principal tenets of Freemasonry. That got me to thinking, and so I propose to try and get you thinking as well. We learn in the first degree lecture a little bit about brotherly love. We are taught to regard the whole human species as one family, the high and the low, the rich and the poor, who, as created by one almighty parent and inhabitants of the same planet, are to aid, support, and protect each other. But what else does this mean to you? In this time of dissension in so many areas of life, what is it that reminds you to put aside your differences and continue to practice brotherly love? Social media has become so much a part of our lives now, and I see brethren that are so kind, respectful, and honorable within the Lodge, but spouting hate and encouraging divisiveness through their venom-filled posts on social media. Everyone is entitled to his or her own opinion, and there are many among us who will gladly partake in a friendly debate in areas where our ideas differ, but we seem to have gone beyond that, and for some reason there are several among us who seem to believe that as Masons It is acceptable to degrade, demean, and belittle those who think differently than they do. And this isn't a Democrat or Republican, left or right, liberal or conservative issue. It comes down to that individual making a decision to either forget or set aside the exercise of brotherly love when it comes to politics, and it is both sides of the coin. I've heard the comments several times in Lodge where a brother has said that he unfriended or unfollowed another brother because of what was being posted in social media. I have, in fact, done so myself. But the question I ask is whether we are shirking our duty as a good brother by not pulling that person aside and having a one-to-one chat to remind him of what our Masonic duties are and attempting to gently bring about a reformation. This doesn't mean to try and change another person's political views, but to help that person see that maybe the way he is doing this is causing more harm than good. Each one of us has to ask ourselves if the views or posts we are sharing are what we want people to associate with Masonry. We all should keep in mind that as soon as we took that initial obligation and told our friends that we'd become a Mason, that how we were viewed by the world had changed. This article is meant only to have each person who reads it take some time to think about the image you are sharing outside of the Lodge and whether it is consistent with the image you share inside the Lodge. And, if so, are they both the image you want to share? As our closing prayer states, Influence our hearts and minds that we may each one of us practice out of the lodge those great moral duties which are inculcated in it. None of us have attained the level of the perfect Dashlar yet, but we must continue to try. Remembering and using the tools given to us in Masonry is a sure way to improve yourself and take the good man you already are and become better. May brotherly love and peace prevail. Aaron Reddick, Senior Warden. Following is the junior warden's article from the October 2018 trestle board. From the south, Masonic edifice. Most single-story homes have a concrete foundation slab of 2,500 PSI or pounds per square inch. Two-story homes or multi-story apartment complexes have increased concrete slabs of 3,500 PSI or more and the footings are wider and deeper. You need not be an architect to realize the balance of what's taking place. In order to erect a structure at a certain height, It needs to have a foundation which can withstand the pressures and lateral loads of the overall stress. In other words, a building can only stand as tall as its foundation is strong. Again, read and think of what was just said. A building can only stand as tall as its foundation is strong. In Lodge, we have referred to ourselves as a Masonic edifice, and while you may think of that as a clever metaphor, think deeper upon it and reread the above mentioned. You are fortunate to have access to teachings which span hundreds and possibly thousands of years. That's awesome, to say the least. What will you do with this information? How can you benefit from it? How can you take this knowledge and turn it into wisdom? And if you don't think there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom, that should be your starting point of education. Not only do you have access to this information, but it is something so profound, with magnitudes of great proportions, that it can unlock inner doors of your soul to make you great, to give you the tools to answer and discover life's paradox and all things which have complexed your mind through life. If you think this process is as simple as just committing to its work, yes, it is. You may think, if this transmutation is so simple, how come others haven't acquired it before you? A few things. You have knocked and the doors of Freemasonry have been opened unto you. Not many can say that. Now that you're here, what will you do? With the appetite comes the meal. Will you feast or just stare at the plate? Don't ever think you're incapable of acquiring this wisdom. The only limits and bounds before you are the ones you create. Secondly, I would remind you that acquiring this wisdom is as easy as 1 plus 1 and ABCs. You were once young and you couldn't read or solve math. You learned it and have used it for your benefit ever since. When this was taught to you, did anyone physically put this train of thought or problem solving inside you? No, it was always there. You just needed a way to figure things out and find this knowledge within yourself. To unlock it. How is Freemasonry any different? The greatness you have, you already possess. And it's within you. Now, think of what was mentioned earlier. A building can only stand as tall as its foundation is strong. You are capable of becoming a skyscraper, and all it takes is your commitment to apply yourself and learn the Masonic teachings which you have access to. The Masonic teachings available are the aggregate to strengthen your foundation and allow you to rise tall. You have so much to gain, but even the more to lose if you decide to sit idle. I don't mean to make this sound as if it would just come to you with no effort. There is work to be done and things to figure out, but at the same time, I'm telling you that it's not as paramount as you might think it is. If you want to advance as a Mason, you will find doors open to you, and the heights of being great to inspire others is limitless. Sincerely and fraternally, Carlos M. Diaz, Jr., Past Master, Jr. Warden. 50 Years of Fellowship When we recognize our brothers for 50 years as a mason in good standing, it's a great honor. On September 13th, we had a special evening for brother Russ Marshall. The evening began with a dinner for Russ with his family in attendance, including his son, daughter, and grandkids. The inspector read Russ's impressive bio, and the ceremony concluded with everyone congratulating him and taking pictures. Russ looks forward to joining the lodge again and returning for future events and degrees. For those who met Russ for the first time, it was a pleasure. He's a brother, but also a man with class. Oops, we did it again. For the third time in four years, Solomon Staircase has won Best Social Media. These awards for communications recognize the lodge with the most influence online in the state of California. As you know, we constantly share lodge events and fellowship on our social media accounts, This has also generated online buzz. As a result, we've had many inquiries with our lodge for information about Freemasonry. Oh yeah, we also won best trestle board design. You know, this thing you're reading. Our design cannot be ignored. The content in our trestle board has captured the attention of many. Not only the content is attractive, but also how it's presented. Our trestle board includes information regarding other blue lodges, upcoming events, and Grand Lodge events as well. Don't be Masonic about this information and keep it a secret. Share this news with friends and brethren. Congrats Lodge number 357. We will be mentioned at the annual communication this month in San Francisco. The antiquity of sacred geometry and all that surrounds it. In speculating about symbols, especially Masonic symbols, we are naturally led to think of geometric figures. Mindful of the frequently asserted claim that modern speculative Freemasonry is the inheritor of the secret tradition, or learning of the ancient priesthoods, who thereby exercised the decisive power of knowledge over their rulers and kings, we assume that these symbols were created or discovered by the learned men of the priestly class. While that is undoubtedly true of many of the more complex and theoretical figures developed by ancient geometricians, a little more speculation should lead us to the realization that the most ancient, the most primitive geometrical symbols used by Homo sapiens were discovered and developed by ordinary men for very practical reasons. Without knowing it, the earliest scientific investigators were the original speculative masons, who curiously traced nature to her innermost recesses and thereby initiated the Art of Geometry, the one most revered by Freemasons. The Sun and the Moon have always been the foremost luminaries of nature, influenced the lives of men on this planet. Both are round or circular in shape. Even the most untutored savage probably recognized a crudely drawn circle in the sand as a pictograph of those heavenly bodies, But since the moon changed its shape regularly each month, it could be differentiated from the sun by representing it as a crescent, a shape in which it appeared much more frequently than it did as a circle. The circle, therefore, became a universal symbol of the sun, because it was always round when it could be observed, and because it was obviously the one great heavenly body which brought life-giving light and warmth for the growing seasons. It became the first great object of wonder, cosmic fear, and adoration. In other words, it was man's first god, and the symbol of the sun, the circle, became the representation to denote the divinity that shapes our ends. But when the organization of human societies, even in their simplest state, made possible the survival of some of the physically weaker and elderly members of such groups, a leisure class came into existence, which had time to observe natural phenomena more closely, to investigate the immutable laws of nature, to speculate. One of the earliest observed phenomena of the sun was probably its gradual change of position on the horizon at its rising and its setting. But not until this change of position was studied and noted with something akin to exactness, the scientific method, did primitive man derive some useful knowledge from his observations. Among the oldest relic of man's initial science, the observation of the sun, are crude markings on stone which depict the arc of a circle formed by points of the rising or setting of the sun between the summer and winter solstices. Such an ancient monument as that at Stonehenge, England, is a highly refined and sophisticated representation of such solar observations. It's comparatively modern. Probably one of their first achievements was to predict the summer and winter solstices. Undoubtedly, they made those days significant and sacred, They became a priestly class with their secret knowledge and established the earliest religious festivals, which Masons still observe as St. John's days. If this speculation is reasonable, we conclude that the circle was the first geometric figure constructed by primitive men. Promotions and Podcast. In case you haven't heard or seen Solomon's Staircase, Is now on YouTube. Along with our existing social media accounts, we are looking for new ways to reach out to the public. By having new promotional videos, we can discuss and talk about Freemasonry in a way that breaks the ice and lets the public inquire about our fraternity. Our intent is to show how our members are average men who have the same curiosity as the public and joined by simply asking. We don't differ much from others, aside from the enlightenment we seek. At the same time, we can explain what enlightenment is within our fraternity. This will be an outlet to broadcast videos of our lodge conduct. We can even go live with roundtable topics, which brings us to our next venture, podcast. We're familiar with podcasts, and these are simple ways for members and non-members to listen to articles about our lodge and Freemasonry in general. With so many articles published on our sites and through Trestle Ward, this would be a way to publish them in an audible format. If you would like to learn more, add to this development, please join us. We're open to new ideas.